Welcome, everybody. I'm so pleased to announce our latest episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homey, and I want to welcome you if you are a business creator. And by business creator, I could mean one of several different things. Business creators include entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. Business creators are also marketing and business coaches. Another type of business creator are folks who help others build their businesses and win at the game of business and marketing. Basically, anybody whose job title or whose expertise has the word designer in it, anybody who's a strategist, anybody who's a copywriter, uh, anything along those lines that helps others win at the game of business and marketing. And of course, do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and just love to have your own hands on the levers. And some people manage their peak creativity when they have their own hands on the levers and they make it come to life as they create it. If you are one or more of the above, explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, please take a moment. Check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Well, a couple months ago, I was very excited and had a great time interviewing Katrina Sawa. And in that interview, we kind of became clear that we were going to have to have her back because there were so many things we had to share that there's no way we could cover it in 60 minutes. So I'm especially happy that Katrina was so gracious to come back and visit us again and also to visit us again so soon. And I'm doubly grateful for those two things. And today, we're going to talk about building your list with your website. And we're going to talk about web design secrets and strategies your web designer doesn't discuss with you. See, here's the thing. As we all know, the money is in your list. You're often in subscriber list. And that's what pretty much every Internet marketing expert is going to tell you. I'll tell you that. There are a ton of ideas on how to grow and nurture your list. I have about 5,000 myself. The one thing that frequently gets overlooked by many people besides Katrina and myself is how your opt-in looks on your website. Those who follow my blog know that I make the point that your opt-in should already answer, just the way your opt-in box is designed or the way your opt-in fields your headline and the design of it is put together, should already be answering the questions your prospect needs answered before they even enter their name and email address. Now, there's a strategy to get people to opt into your list, and it all starts with how inviting your offer looks on your site. And this is something that we frequently work on with our customers, so this is something where I can never get enough information, and neither can you, because that slight edge is what's going to get you more subscribers, which is what's going to grow your business. So you definitely want to listen in with me and Katrina, who is your jumpstart your biz coach, and learn these web design secrets and strategies that your web designer may not be telling you. So we're going to kind of give you the inside track and the, and the inside edge on this. And just to tell you a little bit about Katrina, for those of you who may have missed the last episode or may not know the full background here, she's known as the jumpstart your biz coach because she literally kicks their clients or excuse me, kicks her clients and their businesses into high gear. Katrina is the creator of the Jumpstart Your Marketing and Sales System and the author of Love Yourself Successful. She works with motivated entrepreneurs who want to start, grow, and market their businesses the right way from the start. Katrina helps you move faster and more affordably towards your ultimate revenue and professional goals using online and offline marketing strategies, plus she kicks you in the butt to implement it all too. 
Katrina is a best-selling author, energetic speaker, and award-winning coach who has been featured on the Oprah and Friends XM Radio Network, various other print and online magazines, ABC, and The CW. She's also a contributor for numerous women's business organizations and websites such as the Women's Speakers Association and Today's Innovative Woman. And as we're going to learn towards the end of this presentation, uh, she has a free entrepreneur success kit and some other things that are going to be available for you. Just stick around, and we'll show you how you can pick those up. So, Katrina, welcome back, and how are you doing today? Thanks, Adam. This is great. I really love your energy and your show, and it's always fun to talk with another marketer who can really share a lot of great tips, and we're, we're like-minded, so this is fun. <laughs> Well, uh, as I mention to our listeners all the time, uh, whether you're a first-time listener, whether you've been here a few times before, is not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I am right down there or right over there with you, with you, with pen and paper in hand, taking notes myself, looking for that slight edge, anything I can do to get more power for my business. So not only am I the host, I'm a student just like you for everybody who's listening today. Now, what I'd like to do here, before we dive into our, um, our content today, and we have a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to be as uh, expeditious as possible because we want to give our listeners a lot of great value. Um, Katrina, for those who weren't listening the last time or who may be new to Business Creators Radio Show or maybe new to you, just to tell us in your own words a little bit about what it is that uh, has gone on in your background and your life that's led you to where you are today and given you this unique corner on helping our business creators with the web design they need to create so that it builds their list. Yeah, so I've been in sales and marketing all my life, and I grew up in um, – I just grew up upselling people, it seems like, <laughs> or asking people to buy something. I used to sell knives. I've done door-to-door sales. I mean, I've – you name it, I can probably sell it, but um, – so luckily, I have that skill, and I've I've really honed that skill throughout the years. And it's not easy for entrepreneurs sometimes to do sales and marketing activities. So if that's some, a weak point for you, you definitely want to always be learning. I'm always learning about sales and marketing too because uh, there's new things to learn all the time, especially with social media. So I'm a student as well, um, Adam. So. Um, I was in advertising for a while, and that was when I was selling ads for a local newspaper, and that was about 12, 13 years ago when newspaper advertising was actually pretty important (laughs) to put in your small business budget, uh, marketing budget, but um, people were going out of business left and right, and I just realized I needed to help them in many other ways because there was more that they needed to be doing than just running some ads in a newspaper. Um, They needed to have a really good website. Most of the time I wanted to send them from an ad to a website to get on somebody's email list. And uh, almost 100% of the time these small business owners didn't even have a website or especially an opt-in box. So this is a crucial topic and there's still today uh, lots and lots of businesses. I mean, I work with a lot more than just online businesses or coaches. I work with roofing companies and electricians and spas and salons and photographers and all kinds of different businesses. So it, those are the ones that typically don't have the opt-in box or even understand what I'm talking about, or especially photographers. Right. They want a pretty site, right? So, you know, I'm like, well, you have to have a pretty site, but you also have an opt-in box. Or otherwise, uh, people are just right. going to look at your pictures and leave. So... Anyways, I just learned all these different things that the small business owner needed to do, and I and I just started helping them in, in all these different ways. And 
I travel all over the country learning new strategies and honing my own skills that I can bring back to my clients as well. So you got to constantly be working on this stuff. Right. Absolutely. And, and the thing that we want to really drive home here is that these things are never constant. You still have to keep testing. You still have to keep tweaking. You have to stay on top of the trends. Now, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help our entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that they listen to our guest experts, they hear the strategies, and they say that they could pretty much implement anything that we share except for time and money. Now, how could time and money get in the way or be a benefit either way when it comes to how we optimize our opt-in offers, how we optimize our websites, and things we do to get more subscribers? What do you mean by time and money, I guess? Um, so, well, does it, uh, I mean, does it cost a fortune? Does it take forever? Mm. Well, most of the strategies I teach are a, a it's a process, you know. I tell people there's a, a three-year ramp-up period. If you're starting a business or even if you're revising your business, there's it takes time to get some of these marketing and list-building strategies in place to where they can be a smooth-running machine for you. And um, as far as time goes, there are some things you can do quickly to generate uh people on your list or to generate cash flow, but most of the things you're going to be doing are you're not going to see the fast results. It's an ongoing process that you guys kind of have to keep at. Um, there's not, there's no real magic pill these days, you know. Uh, I think even email is is working less and less for a lot of people, including myself, and so we have to come up with really creative ways to get in front of people's face and things like that. Um, I'm using even a lot more direct mail and phone calls. So direct mail, yeah, it costs money. So people don't want to do it because they want to stay with the email. Well, if nobody's opening your email or very few people are opening your emails, you better think of another way to get them to pay attention to you. And the phone, obviously that doesn't cost any money. Um, You can do that. A lot of people don't like to pick up the phone, and they don't know what to say. So we have to tell them what to say and and show them how to utilize the phone to create interest. Um, But direct mail, I'm telling you, is it it went away, died out for a little bit because everybody got excited about the Internet and email, but (laughs) you you really got to bring it back. Well, here, here's, here's the thing, and this is a point that I make all the time for those whose industries lend themselves to direct mail but are reluctant to do it, is the inbox you have with the United States Postal Service or the Postal Service of whatever country you're in is the inbox that no spam filter or monitoring organization or IP or whatever can ever interfere with. When somebody drops something in the mail to that mailbox, it's going to get there. And I'm reminded of a little uh, cartoon I saw about two weeks ago. I can't for the life of me find it now, but basically it shows the evolution of receiving mail over the past 20 years. And 20 years ago, uh, people would be, you know, a lot of us had AOL, and you heard that saying, you've got mail. And I remember myself, when I first got I used to be an AOL user 20 years ago, and every time I heard, you've got mail, I got all excited, like, oh, boy, somebody's emailing me. Now here we are in 2014, And now we're looking for ways to avoid our email, to cut back our email, to be more efficient with our email. But then we go to the post office and we get something that's not a bill, we get all excited. 
So since so many of your competitors are not there, and part of what we're going to talk about today are some of the offline strategies that we use for list building as well. So we're not going to neglect that by any means. In fact, it's very important. But I guess, Katrina, part of what you're saying is, is if somebody comes to you and says there's this push button method where you pay $197 to get 3,000 subscribers, it's probably bogus. Is that what you're telling us? Well, yeah, and I, it might work, but will it work with your ideal clients? Will it work with people who really trust, like, and connect with you, or will it work just right. for a minute and then they'll all unsubscribe and, or not pay attention to you or mark you as a spammer when you start sending out the stuff that you want to send out? So exactly. I really believe in relationship marketing. I've always been teaching relationship marketing, and there's just a way to tweak it now. The more the Internet becomes part of our lives, you just have to tweak how you build relationships on the Internet and with social media and your website. It's not like olden days with you know in business where we used to just be able to go to a chamber function and meet people and talk to them and have conversations. You still want to do that. I still do a lot of in-person networking, but we have to take that strategy and now apply it online. And we have to do things with video and audio and um, just interactive ways to introduce ourselves and build a relationship, whether it's with our website or it's with social media, because otherwise people are not going to see you or like, trust, and connect with you that quickly if you're not engaging Precisely. Precisely. So one of my challenges for the rest of the hour here is to basically shut up and let you talk because I have so much to say about this topic of list building and how we get more opt-ins and how we design our opt-in uh, offers and everything else. But what I'd like to do right now, Katrina, like we often do here on Business Creators Radio Show, is let's start backwards. And what are some of the biggest mistakes do you see entrepreneurs and business creators make when it comes to list building and what they need to do with their websites to enhance their list building? Some of the mistakes? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, the biggest mistake I think if we're talking about online on their websites is they'll, put the, they'll say, well, I have a place where they can sign up for my newsletter, and it's hidden on the very bottom of their website, and it's just this random thing that says sign up for my newsletter and with an email right. box. And it's on the very bottom, and you can't even find it. So that's a, one of the biggest mistakes. The second biggest mistake is not even having that at all. <laughs> um, right. And then, yeah, and then obviously just asking people to opt in for a newsletter. Nobody wants a newsletter anymore. Um, you got to give them something for free. Now, a free report or a free audio works for many people still, but you might have to get even a little bit more creative these days depending on your target audience. So, your art, you know, your audience might, um, if they're younger, they might want video. You know, they really might need to engage right. more. They may not read a 38-page report, right, like a 45- or 55-year-old would possibly. You're right. Okay, so really you have to know your target audience. You have to know their attention span. You have to know the kind of um, modalities that they like to learn, how they like to learn. Are they, are they texters? Are they um, cell phone users? Do they look at stuff on their cell phone or their tablet? Are they looking online? on a big screen because that will depend too on the artwork that you use or pictures or graphics and things like that. So there's a lot of things to consider these days. It's not as easy as slapping up a checklist or a free report and having everybody want to go get it because pretty much you can find anything for free on the Internet these days. And then people believe it. You know, oh, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. It's like, oh, God, you know, people. <laughs> so, 
so one of the biggest mistakes is is believing that that's all true. <laughs> um, right. The other thing with list building is you're not after enough people. So, you know, we're trickling in a couple dozen or maybe a couple hundred people every month in all your ways put together rather than looking at how to get a thousand or more people on your list every single month. We've got to go a larger quantity of people. We've got to touch a larger quantity of people these days because most people are not paying attention. So if, you're t- if you'd reach out to and you're in front of, even if it's on a teleclass or a radio interview like this or you know, you're networking in person, if you try to touch a 1,000 people that are actually paying attention to whatever it is you're on or wherever you are, then you might get a couple dozen people who might be interested these days, which is sad. So, you know, it used to be hundreds of people might be interested or might pay attention. But now people are on overload with information. So they already have way too much stuff in their inbox. So they have, you know, thousands of reports and audios that they haven't listened to yet. And so you have to really knock their socks off with the initial thing you're giving them or, or, or talking to them about. Those are some of the biggest things. Is there's so many more, but we don't want to dive into too much mistakes. Let's talk about the results, right? The right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've already touched on uh, part of what I was going to ask you next, but I think there may be more to it. And what I was going to ask is, what are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to getting started with list building? Like, let's say that we're just getting started. We don't really have a list yet and we're just starting to get traction in our market. So what are some of the challenges in terms of actually getting that list going? It's you know, sort of like starting your own business, making that first dollar, right. become a millionaire, making that first million. So what do we do to get our first thousand subscribers? Uh, what are some of the challenges to, get, uh, to getting there? I think the biggest challenge for most people is the technology, and um, it really is. They have to, number one, understand what's possible on a website these days. Uh, And I'm not talking about the offline stuff. Of course, you can go to a networking event and get 20 business cards and add them to a list and email them, and that's the easy way, right? We're talking about websites where you're driving traffic to a website from an, a virtual thing, right? So whether it's a virtual event or virtual interview or virtual teleclass or, or virtual networking, then you want to drive them to your website. So the technology, I think, is the biggest part. And pretty much almost every single person that comes through my doors to coach and get help with their business and marketing usually doesn't understand the technology. Okay, maybe like 1% of the people that come through think that they could design web designers design their own websites and um and some people try and they're like they like technology they like learning new things so they want to go take a wordpress class right or they want to go learn how to create websites on wordpress well it's not first of all if you're an esthetician and you like technology and you want to create your own website that's not that's not a good use of your time. You need to be going to get clients for your esthetician business. Or, you know, right. if you're a healer, you need to be going to get clients for that. You shouldn't be doing your own website. So nobody should be doing their own website. Even my web designer clients that come to me with for help with their business, I tell them, don't design your own website. You will never get what you want because you'll constantly be changing <laughs> it because you're a web designer. 
So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you for saying that. I'm sorry. Thank you for saying that. Uh, and this is something that I tell my own web designer clients, which is just like you are designing other people's websites, somebody should be designing yours because designing your own website is not a money-making activity for your own website. Getting another client and doing their website to pay for yours, that's making money. So thank you for saying that. I'm sorry. I had to interject. I've been wishing somebody would say that. Yeah. Well, and, and half the time their websites are horrible because they don't ever actually put them on the top of their priority list anyways because they think right. they have to do it. Whereas if you just delegated it, it would get done faster and your website would be nicer and you would probably get more business anyways because you'd have a nicer website. Anyways, there's uh, – so – you should not be going to take WordPress classes. You know, the website is the most important marketing tool that you have besides yourself, you know, and physically yourself and your voice and your whatever. Your website is the most important marketing tool that you have. You should never skimp on your website. Now, you don't need to go spend $10,000 on a website. That's unrealistic. Right. You don't need to do that. But for a couple thousand dollars or even less in some cases, um, you can do a pretty decent website. Now, especially if it's your first year in business, I never recommend you spend a lot of money on websites because you're going to change your business in a year. The first year of your business, and even the second sometimes, you're going to have evolved so much that by the end of the first year, you're probably going to have a new idea for your business, a new idea for a program. You're going to have new branding ideas. You're going to have new photos. You're going to have all kinds of new ideas. So don't spend a whole lot of time until you're through your first year of actually working with your clients and the customers, in my opinion. Um, that doesn't mean you don't – you still need a basic web design um, that has a good sales and marketing approach and that's relationship-oriented and easy for the user to understand. Right. So – that you know, so when I say technology is a challenge for people, it's because number one, they don't know what's what's capable. So when you look at a website, a lot of times people will come to me. Well, I like those big slider things with the pictures and the pretty pictures on your homepage. And I'm like, you don't want that. That's not a sales and marketing strategy. That's not a good sales and marketing strategy for any website these days to have a big scrolling picture up there. We need call to action. We need a good attention-getting headline and whatever is going to attract your people because you have one to three seconds to grab their attention. So my point is that a lot of people that are, don't understand websites and the sales and marketing strategy behind them will gravitate towards pretty pictures and pretty design before they think about the sales and marketing. Therefore, they'll go to a web designer and they'll say, hey, this is what I want. I like this picture. I like these things, and I like this pretty thing. And most web designers are not, don't always think sales and marketing either, and so they'll just go build the site, whatever, and the person won't get an opt-in box. So getting some strategy from a sales and marketing strategist type person first, then taking that to a web designer once you figure out what you need. That's really the fastest path to building a good website that's going to bring you leads and build your list. So don't just go straight to a web designer because a lot of them are not sales and marketing oriented. So you need to go to a marketing person first who can tell you what to do with your website and then probably even recommend the right web designers. So that's right. a huge mistake I see people doing is just going straight to or, you know, their their nephew is going through college and they're learning WordPress <laughs> and, oh, you're going to tell your nephew to do your website. Great. 
but what does he know about sales and marketing? What does he know about opt-in boxes? What does he know about autoresponders and shopping carts and all that good stuff? So all that stuff, anytime I mention that kind of stuff, it just sometimes makes people people's heads spin. You know, that's where the technology challenge. So they kind of say, well, I don't need any of that is what they do. Right. They say, well, I don't need a shopping cart and I don't need auto, I don't need all that stuff. I just need a simple website. Well, your simple website with no opt-in box and no shopping cart and no autoresponders is going to do nothing to build your list. So stop hiding your head in the sand and learn about what you need in your business. You don't have to be the one to do it or understand how to do it. You just need to understand why you need it, and then we find the right people to put that in place for you. Precisely. And uh, and going back to the old thing about, uh, well, I don't really need a web design company because my nephew will do it for beer money. When somebody comes to me with that, I do have one question I ask. I say, okay, so your nephew's going to do your website for you. That's awesome. Uh, how how good is your nephew doing with online marketing right now? Because you never know. You never know. Uh, the guy could be making five figures out of his dorm room. You just don't know this. And if he is, then suddenly right. we're having a legitimate conversation. So that's the point that I want to make. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether it's the nephew or somebody in free time zones away from you or the professional web design firm you met at that networking event. It doesn't really matter. The question you need to ask is, what do they understand about sales and marketing, getting subscribers, building communities, growing the list, Get making sales, and when they can demonstrate that, then you're probably having the right conversation. Now, I love comparing notes, and this is why I'm so glad I have you here today for uh, this episode, and I really have my pen and paper all for this one, because I have some thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours. What do we need to do with our opt-in offers on our websites to make them inviting so that people will actually enter their name and email address and click the button? Oh, that is, that's something most people have to test. I mean, you're going to have to test right. a few things until you land on the right um, freebie. You know, I call it a freebie. So right. first things first is to who's your target market? What do they need to see? What are they looking for? What are they missing? What are they searching for? What are they typing into Google in the middle of the night looking for to find your website? So and and um, and what? How do you think they'll want to experience that? Right. I like to include audio and written um, reports in my free gifts, so to speak. Okay. And I don't have a video opt-in yet, but I do have lots of video on my website and video right. actually in my newsletters. So. But some people I know have like a video freebie where it's a three-part video series that you get or a seven-part video series. So I think you want to think of how you want to deliver the content What first and then how, what is that content okay, that you're going to deliver. Now, don't, that doesn't mean go write it first. Just kind of brainstorm the topic that they need or that, you know, sometimes it's a checklist. Like I have a bridal... Um, uh, wedding planner client who's a wedding planner, right? And so we came right. up with a 20-point checklist of what you need to plan your wedding, right? So she's working on her opt-in gift right now. But what we came up with first was that the, the brides needed a checklist. And so we didn't go and work on the checklist first. What, we, what we're trying to work on now is the name of what that checklist is because <laughs> what that mm -hmm. is going to go in your opt-in box on your website and so, and that's what they're going to want to um, make them want to opt in. You don't have a lot of room to explain what's in 
that checklist or what's in the free report or what's in the video series. You have to catch them with like a one phrase or one sentence title that needs to knock their socks off. Now, you could test this out. You could definitely do some research. You could go onto Facebook and do a poll with some different um, options that you're thinking and see what happens. You can go on to, you can email your client base and ask them and do a little survey and see, you know, what are the things that they came to you for? What are the biggest things they believe that you can help them with? You know, so you can do some research in order to try to narrow down what it is you're going to give away for free and what the title could be um, before you just, you know, throw darts out in the wall and try to make something up, right? A lot of times, too, the people that come to me come up with really flat um, sayings. Like, I want to, I can't think of one right now, but they'll say something like, okay, I want my freebie to be, you know, the 10 ways to love your life. <laughs> something like that. That's really flat. That's, uh, we all want to live our life, but and the ten ways to live your life sounds okay. But let's we got to jazz that up. You got to make it more exciting and appealing. It's like eating vanilla ice cream instead of, you know, chunky monkey or something. That's <laughs> gonna just really right. pop out at you. So you can't just. My point is, you have to come up with. So the title is the most important thing, because that's what's gonna go in the opt-in box. Really. Yeah, I say it doesn't matter what's inside the freebie. It does. But that's the secondary thing you need to do, not the first thing you need to do. You know? And, of course, right. you need to wow them with your freebie. You need to wow them with really good free stuff so they want to know more. And they say, wow, if she gives this away for free, then what is her, you know, paid stuff like? So... Right, right. And And when you can get people to ask that question where they say, wow, the free version was so awesome, i got to check out this paid version. Then you know that you're on to something. And I think you're absolutely right. right. There is no one way to know for sure. The advice that I give folks all the time is come up with what you believe it to be and put it out there and start collecting registrations for it and see what happens. And, and remember right. that you know, when you create a website or you create an opt-in page or you create an opt-in offer, it's a web page. It's not 10,000 printed brochures in a box you have to unload one way or the other. If it don't work, scrap it. If it don't work, do something else. Split test it. Do whatever you need to do to make it work. And, uh, and remember, when it comes to your websites, when it comes to your list building, when it comes to really anything involving getting the kind of customers that you want to work with, doing the things that you want to do with them, uh, bringing your unique brand of brilliance to the world, uh, the ego that you need to inject in that is your success in getting the sales, getting the conversions, and doing great work for the customers. The ego is not in the website. I mean, if somebody came to me right now and they showed me numbers, if I took out my website, sell.com, and I turned it pink and put a picture of a parakeet on it, and they told me this is going to get me 20% more of the other uh, the types of customers I really want for the types of things I really wanted to do, and they had numbers to back it up, I might do a split test. And if Pink and Parakeet yeah. wins, and Pink and Parakeet is going to be. Yeah, and it's actually pretty easy to do split tests these days, and that with WordPress especially. I know I've seen it on my pages. I haven't done one, to be honest. It, I'm, I'm curious to do one, actually. Um, have you done a whole lot of split tests in your business? 
We have a whole bunch of them running right now, actually, for ourselves and for our clients. And uh, there are various WordPress plugins you can do, um, depending on what kind of email marketing system you're using, whether it's one shopping cart or Infusionsoft. There are things within those systems that either enable you to do the split test or give you some of the tools you need to make a split test happen. And after uh, Google uh, removed the split test from, I believe it was the website optimizer, they did move it into analytics, and the functions are extremely similar. So all this talk from a year ago that Google is no longer supporting split tests, that's not true. All they did was they, take, they took the functionality, they updated it, in some ways they made it simpler to implement it, and they moved it directly into Google Analytics, which kind of makes sense because we're analyzing behaviors and we're setting goals when we do, when we do split tests. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's very easy to do a split test. I mean, my average time to set up a split test, it's actually more in crafting the offers, like uh, any tweaks that need to be made to create the test version of the landing page we're putting it up against or, or if uh, any other products need created to support, like if we're doing a, like a price split test or something along those lines. I mean, recently we did a price split test because, you know, we were suspecting with one of our clients that the reason they weren't selling near as many of their courses we felt they should is because the last time they did a price increase, it was just too much for their market. So we did a 30-day split test, and lo and behold, turns out there was price resistance, so down came the price. So that's just you know, one of the things you can do with split tests. Other things you can do is you can split test headlines on opt-in boxes. You can split test different types of opt-in boxes. You can split test the button that they click, uh, whether it says get your free report or next step or download your video. You can split test the color of the button because there's statistics on that too. We tend to like either orange or red for our opt-in buttons because we see those tend to work the best. But, I mean, there's so many things you can test when it comes to this. And since I have you here, Katrina, I need to ask one of my favorite questions, and there have been debates over this I participated in. When you have an opt-in form on your web page, how much information should you, should you ask for? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I kind of have a theory on that. Um, and again, I haven't test, split tested it. I think I'm going to do some more split testing after just listening to you for two minutes. <laughs> uh, because, you know, and this is great. And I'm taking notes too because, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you you have to be open to possibly, you know, trying out in your business. And when you're a novice or not a techie person, then um, you tend to ignore it or not want to. You do the uh, you know you don't want to hear it because it sounds complicated and overwhelming, which it can be if you don't have someone helping you. Anyways, um, okay, what did you? Oh, in the opt-in box, um, when you're really trying to build your list, I really think just name and email at this point still is the key. Um, however, right. uh, not in the main opt-in box, but a lot of different sub-opt-in pages or things like this. Like if I'm doing a free teleclass to my list, uh, um, which I recommend doing uh, at least once a month, a teleclass or a webinar for free for right. list building. So you have something to market out there online. And um, I actually do a full opt-in box, full contact information. So I do um, name, email, phone number, address, city, state, you know, country, everything. Um, but I only require the name and email still, but it's all there. Okay. The, the, the strategy is that most people will just keep filling it in or they have auto-populate buttons that once they start typing, it just kind of auto-populates, which I know happens to me um, in my computer. So I think, you know, it used to be that about 40% of the people 
who would opt in would give you their full contact information in those opt-in boxes that that ask for it. So I think it's worth it. I don't think it will deter people, especially if you're just requiring the name and email. I don't think you should do that in your main opt-in page or your home page or your main opt-in box. But on subsequent things that you might be marketing, um, I think it's good. Uh, you could also do what I've seen done, and I used to do, I did it once myself, is um, on the thank you page. So once somebody opts into your main opt-in box, with a name and email, then you take them to a thank you page, you deliver whatever it is you're giving for free, and then you say, oh, by the way, I have this free CD I want to mail to you, right? And I want to right. pop it in the mail or have a free book or whatever. I'm going to sign it and send it in the mail. Just fill this form out, and you know, and I'll send it off to you. And you can ask for address and also phone number and require that. And, it, you know, sometimes people will give you the phone number of 555-555-555-555, right? Uh, <laughs> and, like, sometimes I'll, I'll even email them and I'll say, well, in order to mail this out, I do require that you, that you give me your correct phone number. Um, and I don't see it on your website. So, you know, if you want to give me that, then great. I'll send this off to you. And I'll just, you know, hey, it's my free stuff. And if I want your contact information and you want this free stuff, then you need to give it to me. That's just – I'm kind right. of – and that's my attitude these days, but I'm not right. in massive list building anymore. I mean, of course, I need to build my list always, but um, when you're just starting out, you don't want to be as demanding in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I tell you, I call people. So I'll have a teleclass, and I'll call people before, <coughs> excuse me, before the teleclass and remind them to come live. And they'll be shocked that I'm calling them. And sometimes I'll call them after the teleclass. Hey, did you listen in? If not, did you get the recording? And I tell you, most people don't listen to the recording if they don't come live. So that's what I found. And so it's really important to get them to the thing live if they're signing up. So calling them ahead of time or, you know, if you're far enough out, sending them something in the mail to remind them to come. So there's all kinds of reasons. You definitely want to get the contact information. So we've got to get creative on where to do it and how to do it and when to do it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about all these points. And what you were touching on right there is the principle of micro-conversions. I see folks do this where the very first interaction they'll have with their new visitor to their web page, they'll put up this opt-in form and ask for 25 different things. Now, this is another point you test. Do you ask for all these things or do you just ask for name and email? But what I like to remind people is the chances are when you get that subscriber on your list for the first time, that's not going to be the last time you ask them to opt-in because you're working them through a conversion funnel and you're creating a series of micro-conversions where they get used to the idea that when you ask them to do something, they say yes and they do it because sooner than later, that's going to turn into give me money and they say yes. So uh, real quick here, I uh, just want to uh, ask another question is that what have you found, if anything, in terms of collecting the email, excuse me, the phone number? And the reason I say that is because there are a lot of folks out there who do text message marketing, and there is a resistance factor that we found through some of our own research that if somebody gives their phone number, they begin to get concerned. What am I going to start getting texts? Because, yeah, emails are free, so send me emails all you want. I'll read them as much as I want to. But you start texting me, now you're costing me money, and then how do I make the text stop, and how do I unsubscribe from your, your text? I mean, the moment I see an often box that says, enter your cell phone number, I don't because I don't give my cell phone number out, and I don't want people texting right. me about anything unless it's I'm on my way, I'm 15 minutes late, I'm standing outside your door. Those are the only texts I ever want to see. 
Right. <laughs> and I totally agree with you. I don't give out my cell phone either. In fact, the phone number that I put on things is my office phone number, which is a landline. And every once in a right. while, I will get text to landline messages now. And it's annoying because it's like, first of all, don't assume that my business line is a cell phone. First of all, don't right. do that yet. We're not to that level yet. I know that most people, a lot of people in business do use their cell phone for business, which I don't want to do. I don't want it following me on vacation. I don't want my business following right. me everywhere I go on my cell phone. And I can't even be efficient on my cell phone, you know, returning right. e emails and things like that. So I I I am of the the I yeah, I keep the landline for business and the cell phone for personal. Um, so, number one, don't assume people's phone numbers ourselves and try to text them, period. You should not do that. And texting is a completely different marketing strategy than um, calling people. So if you have their phone right. number, it should only be used for calling. If you're planning on doing a text message marketing campaign or using people's phone numbers for texting, you must say that in your promotion. You must say that on the page. You must say that somewhere. It's kind of like going to a live event and having a display table. If you have a sign out that says, and, you know, drop your card to enter my drawing, and you'll also receive my free newsletter, great. I know you're getting, I'm going to get your newsletter, your email newsletter, if I opt into your drawing, and I might win, right? So right. if I opt into your opt-in box, I'm assuming I'm going to get emails. If I give you my phone number, I'm assuming I might get calls. Do not, and I don't care, this is where the 30-year-olds 30 and possibly even 40-year-olds, or maybe 20-year-olds too, and they're, all they do is text and cell phone, and they don't even know what a landline is anymore. And <laughs> I mean, they just... They just assume that they can text you. No, don't assume texting in business. That drives me batty. I could go off for an hour on that. <laughs> right, right. One of the strategies I've seen from somebody who teaches text message marketing and even I believe has their own product to help you with broadcasting the text is even they recommend step one off the inbox, get the name and email address, then direct them to another page where you get the, where you where you offer them something else in addition if they type in their cell phone number. And then it was certainly when it comes to text marketing, you have to be very specific, I found, in terms of setting the expectations before they enter their their cell phone number so you can text them. Because it is true that almost hundred percent of text messages get open. So if you're a little bit more picky about who even gets in your box in the first place as far as uh, getting their text, their cell phone number to text them, that's perfectly fine because you're dealing with, uh, you're going to get much higher open rates. So if you're working with a smaller list, you're going to get better results anyway. But be very specific. How often am I going to get texts? What are these texts going to be about? So you let them know exactly how you're going to be invading their cell phone before you ask for their number. And if they are highly interested enough that they give you their cell phone number so you can send text which cuts into their data plan, you pretty much have a customer right there as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's kind of yours to lose at that point if you're doing this right. Instead of just playing high willy-nilly trying to rack up a, a long list of anonymous cell phone numbers. I mean, I mean, do you think something along those lines or is there something you'd want to add to that? I think text message is, uh, marketing is definitely becoming more popular. And I I do plan on testing that out myself. I haven't Me yet, too. you know. And I have some people that do it. Um, I have some clients who actually help people do that um, type of marketing. So it it just is one of those things that I haven't taken on yet. Um, but if 
when I do it, I'm going to be very clear. Like I might send an email. It's like uh, it might be something like, do you like receiving text messages? Do you want to receive my email in your cell phone via text or the video via text rather than the email? Here's your option to choose. You know, you can get off the list and get on the text message list over here, or you can keep the new, you know what I mean? Like I might try something like right. that. But I'm going to be very clear with the wording that I use on whatever it is I do. Because I know right. there are some people I, that I agree want with that. Um, to hear messages in different ways. So, I mean, I've had people unsubscribe from my newsletter because they just want to watch my videos, so they subscribe to my video feed on YouTube, right? So they see my yep. videos that are in my newsletters every week, but they just don't get all the other stuff, which is fine, you know. Exactly, and I tell the story all the time. And I had a I had a customer, as in like a paying customer, somebody who gave me uh, money for a service. And you know, we finished the deliverable. They looked at it. They said, "This looks great, thank you." And then the next day, they unsubscribed from my email list. And I'm thinking, "You jerk! You backhanded jerk! How could you do this to me? I thought you liked me. Why did you unsubscribe to my list?" Now, three weeks <laughs> later, I get an email from them that says. Hey man, you know, I love what you did, and I've been following you on LinkedIn. I check in with your stuff every day. I love what you're posting, and this new thing just hit my desk. And you're my guy. So when do we talk about this? And that's yeah. when it hit me that you know people will consume you the way they want to consume you. So you need to be that's where your exactly. prospects are, delivering the message they need to hear and the format in which they're listening. Again, this is something you need to text and have an understanding of your message, just like designing your opt-in opportunity and doing your list building. Now, here's another question. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, since I have you here once again and we're on this topic, uh, how, what is your criteria for gauging how often we should follow up with our subscribers? A big thing out there to this day is how often should we email our people? Right. Well, Okay, well, first of all, my the way I explain how to do follow-up is different because I actually teach a specific follow-up system. But follow-up to me is within the 60 days of when, they, um, when you meet them. Okay, so for me, follow-up usually happens after um, some, you meet somebody offline in a networking event okay. or at a trade show or in a speaking gig. Um, and then there's different ways to follow up with them via email, direct mail, phone, and social media now. So there's a whole – but you've got to do a lot of stuff to follow up within 60 days in my mind so that you can solidify your place in their head, like who you are, and so they know you. Oh, you know, Adam's the, the marketing guy, right? Adam's that right. business guy that, that has the radio show. Great, because they've seen you about 15 or 20 times somewhere in the last – 30 to 60 days after they came in contact with you. So that I get a lot of that, yeah. Up. And then after 60 days, it goes into database marketing, ongoing database marketing. So when somebody signs up for your web, on your website for your list, then there is the initial follow-up, of course. Um, there's the uh, – it's a sales process in my mind because we want to get them to a call to action as soon as possible. We want them to opt in for the free thing, and then on the thank you page, then you need to take them to the next step. Do you want to take them to a phone call with you? Do you want to take them to a purchase of some sort? Do you want to take them to another free thing? Do you want to ask for more contact information and give them something else so that you can call them possibly? I mean, you need to figure out what that strategy is first <clears throat> and then put all of that in place 
uh, technology-wise with autoresponder emails and thank you pages or hidden pages on your website that they can click to from here to there to there and possibly even forms where they could fill out a form right. to come and talk to you or whatever. <clears throat> so but so the, you do want to email more in the first 30 days online in my opinion. You want to do you want to hit them up two or three times that first week that they opt in. Two or three times just in that first week. Okay, if you only hit them the one time once they sign up and then you don't talk to them for two weeks, they've forgotten about you already. So you've got to really solidify right. who you are in their minds and to be top of mind is what we call it, right? top of mind awareness, <clears throat> so they know, associate your name with whatever it is you do and however you can help them. And also right. it takes the, the hotter they are right when they opt in, the more likely they are to buy or take the next step. So if you wait too long to take another um, step or, or email them, then you're, you're going to lose, they're going to be colder and you're going to possibly not make that sale or that next act, action. So the database marketing, though, in my mind, is what's going to happen on a regular basis. And I always like to look at an annual plan and a calendar. So what are the things? Like I have two live events every year. So I have an event in April and November. It's a three-and-a-half-day business and marketing sales-type training. And so my ultimate goal is to get people to those events, right? So a lot of different communication that goes out has to have some of that in it or reminders to sign up or go in or early birds or whatever it is or some kind of coupon to act now, you know. So you have to think of, okay, what's your end result? That's my, those are my two things I want to drive people to typically because they're awesome events, <laughs> but uh, to, to get them into my funnel, so what do you, right. you know? And in between that, if they're not interested in that, I have lots of products. I have teleclasses and webinars, and I have a complimentary strategy session. So you have to figure out how to, you know, drive them into coaching and stuff. So you have to figure out what you're selling, and how you need to communicate with them in order to have them opt into that kind of stuff. And think about it over the course of a year, though, right? <clears throat> and right. as far as email newsletters go, I still think. There's been lots of rules of thumb over time. When it first started, people were emailing once a month, monthly newsletter. And then it was like, oh, no, we've got to take advantage of this free you know, marketing strategy. And so people were doing it weekly. And now right. it's, I, I think, a minimum of, of twice a month. And uh, I think is good. Twice a month is a good uh, volume, I think, to put a newsletter out, so to speak. Now, okay. I still do weekly newsletters, but I'm actually considering doing twice a month newsletters because I still have to send an email almost every week to announce an upcoming teleclass or an interview or a telesummit right. or a book launch or something. So I'm I'm on the verge of feeling like I'm too I send too many emails now, to be honest. And there's right. coaches out there that send a hell of a lot more emails than I do, like daily, right? right? And those people now get funneled into my trash folder. And I'm like, okay, am I getting funneled into people's trash folders because they sign up too many emails? So Look at your, look at your open rates. Realistically, you probably are. And that's not an indictment or anything. That's just yeah. the way it is. I know. So what? Uh, this is a little thing I've tried recently, actually. And I don't know, it's a little sneaky, but, uh, and I'll share it, <laughs> is uh, I changed the email from address. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because people will, if in your rules, in your email, 
they say, okay, well, all emails that come from this email address, I'm going to stick in this folder, right? And right. so I know I've done it. And so <clears throat> I thought, okay, well, I'm going to switch it up and, and send emails from a different email address that still goes to me. Um, and it, I don't know, I haven't looked at my stats actually from last week, but um, I know I got a bunch of spam arrest invitations. So I knew that right. uh, the emails were trying to get through because I didn't recognize them. So that was interesting. We'll see. Right, right, right. And that's something, and something I suggest people do every once in a while. If it feels like your list is dead, change the email address you're sending it from because that's going to trigger some, you know, some fresh spam arrest requests and it's going to go around those filters. Uh, and you can always just justify mm -hmm. that by saying something like, well, you know, we did an analysis and we found out that that email address was causing us more problems than we were solving. We just need to change things up a little bit. Or, well, I changed my business. Got a new website now. So got a new URL. Got to change out of, got to change out of dress. There ain't, there ain't nothing sneaky. There ain't nothing illegal or unethical about that. You're just, you're just changing things up and you're letting your business evolve and you're inviting people to come along. And if they, and if they want to unsubscribe, then they're not going to buy from me anyway. So you take what we've, we've shared with you on this call and you start getting your new subscribers. You take all the, everything that yeah. Katrina has shared with us today. Now, we have about uh, seven minutes left here, and I want to do, give you a minute at the end. But real quick, I know that in the past few minutes, you've been telling us a lot about some of the offline strategies and how we move people from offline to online, which is very important to think about when we're doing our, uh, when we're doing our list building. Is there anything else you have to add on that area? Because you specifically asked me to make sure I gave you enough time to talk about offline to online, which is something that's so often missed when we talk about building our <laughs> subscriber list. Right. Well, the don't rely on online in my mind. I mean, unless you're a super internet marketer and you have all these like converting websites, which most business owners do not, uh, then you still need to do a heavy amount of offline marketing, in my opinion. Right. <clears throat> that's networking, that's going to conferences, doing trade show booths possibly, and even speaking. So seeking out speaking opportunities, whether you consider yourself a speaker or not at this moment, I would look at trying to embrace becoming a speaker because it is the fastest path to cash offline is right. you can speak in front of a group. You can usually get clients pretty much instantaneously, even without making a pitch from the stage sometimes. So right. I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't discount offline marketing. A lot of times people think, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to do this online marketing stuff and, and make thousands of dollars. Well, that doesn't always work, and it doesn't always work quickly. So if you need money now, then you want to go to networking events and conferences and, and start meeting people and learn how to really work a room in my mind. It's not about working room and being sleazy. It's working a room to meet as many people as humanly possible in a given time period. So I'm really right. good at that because that's how I mastered. I mean, I mastered that when I was building my business. <clears throat> so it's not about being slimy. It's about being um, in abundance of getting a lot of people. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you're not supposed to, you know, I want real connections, not just a bunch of business cards. Well, you can make the real connections if you do a good job at your follow-up. So you don't have to spend 20 minutes with one person at a networking event and then only meet three people. You want to spend two or three minutes with 50 people 
and then follow up with all of those people, set up little phone calls to see if or how you can help each other, and you'll get a lot more out of that networking of that one networking event than you would if you just try to spend time with three key people. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. And I have had uh, certain folks just, you know, who fall under the category of productivity and time management absolutely castigate me because after I go to an event, everybody whose contact information I got or everybody I connected with, I will personally email them. Not load them in any database and blast out anything, but like personally email every single one of them. And that has been one of the top sources of new actual paying clients. And those are the folks who, once they find their own way onto my list, because I find the majority of them are so impressed that I actually took the time. They go and check me out, and they decide that the interaction was strong enough. They should get on my list and find out what I'm talking about. They either for themselves or somebody else. That, uh, I mean, again, it goes back to, you know, this, this variation between quantity and quality and how we can achieve more of both. So, Katrina, Sala, I want to thank you once again for coming back. And, you know, we'll probably have to have you back again at some point here because there's still so much more we got to do. But I think we got a lot of stuff out today about uh, list building, getting subscribers, what you need to do with your website. So what I'd like to do, since we have about uh, three minutes left here, is just sort of give you a minute or two and tell our listeners, uh, you, know, uh, you know, how they can get a hold of you or how they can interact with you if what they find is interesting. I'd like to take things to the next level. Right. Well, I have a free gift page. Of course, there's freebies on my website at jumpstartyourmarketing.com. Um, right. But if you go to that URL, jumpstartyourmarketing.com forward slash free gifts, you'll actually come up with a couple more freebies. Not that you need more information, but the <laughs> things that I give away, <laughs> I know, it's like, oh, my God, no more reports. Um, but there's a call that I have on there, too, that also talks a little bit about the Love Yourself Successful book because what um, I've found is that a lot of people won't do the sales and marketing things in their business because there's something going on with them inside or in their environment, meaning we have people that are unsupportive in our life holding us back or saying negative things to us or we saying negative things to ourselves, or we don't believe that we can charge enough or we're the expert enough or whatever. So those kinds of things, about 60% or 70% of the time that I talk with clients, that is what's stopping them from doing the phone calls and the marketing and the networking and the follow-up. So that's why I have a call on the free gift page about that as well, because a lot of people out there just suffer with that. So <clears throat> right. definitely go get that. I talk about all of this stuff at my live events. It's livebigevents.com is the website for the event in November, livebigevents.com. And there's early bird rates right now and a bunch of bonuses if you go to forward slash SO for special offer. So livebigevents.com forward slash SO. Yeah. Because like I said, I want you to come to my event, right? That's the whole deal. <laughs> exactly. And, and, go, and go to events strategically is why I tell everybody. Just because somebody invites you to their event and says, hey, man, you should come to my event, or, or girl, you've got to get yourself down here. I mean, that's all well and good, but you've got to have an awareness of what is the topic of that event, what are you going to gain from it, what are the types of people that are going to be there, because you need to come up with a winning formula where, you, where you're spending your time away from your office, away from your business, away from your family, away from your things you enjoy, that you're making sure you get the most benefit out of it because some of your best subscribers are going to be at that event if you go to the right one. 
Well, and we people that come to my event make money because we talk about exactly. your irresistible offer and we have you practice it. So we have people selling to each other things that you actually need, you know, um, and so we get you more comfortable asking for money in those kind of situations. So people have walked out with like 500 bucks, and so, yeah, it's um, it's a good time and it's tons of learning and tons of networking. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So, so that I mean, that's another great topic that I know a lot of people ask about. So we'll uh, we'll circle back to that later. But for right now, we actually are um, out of time here. So, Katrina Sawa, thank you once again for joining us here today. Thanks, Adam. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and also check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.